0: because each of the nominees in this category tonight has made passionate, personal films, and all of them will leave tonight with those films untouched. They will be the same, the very same films they were when we all walked in into the ceremony. And for that, you can be very proud. Here are the nominees for Achievement in Directing. And we're back, and welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Another category review for you guys today, and maybe no more appropriate time to cover and go through the Best Director category than on the heels of the DGA Awards that were handed out just this past weekend. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host, Also Mike. Also Mike here, Alma Harrell, the director of Honey Boy, one for First
1: Time Feature, uh, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, so We're going to mention more. It's nice to see Honey Boy
0: get sunshine this award season. It's
1: necessary. It's yeah. such a good movie.
0: Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait for a lot of people to see it. Shia of of those... the Beef was, was snubbed, you say. He
1: was snubbed watching on VOD when it comes out. I actually think it's coming on uh, Amazon Prime pretty soon. So uh, look out for that. In terms of documentaries, Steven Bogner and Julia Reichert won for American Factory, and uh, they did a terrific job uh, with that movie. I, I don't know how much that's gonna play for the documentary category but we can eventually We don't know
0: what plays for the documentary feature category to be honest with you but I would say American Factory has probably been second place. I know you think Forsama is the leader in the clubhouse right now having just watched, watched that recently. Yeah, I do now. I do now. <laughs> and I'm going to have more about
1: more to say about the directors of that movie because basically they're heroes. Yeah. They're real life heroes. How do you let the real life heroes of that war, <laughs> of that situation sit in your award show and not give them the award? I, I don't have an answer for that. How can that brand Let's not do that. This would be the ultimate wonky thing from the documentary branch. Uh, that I've ever seen. But also, Forsama Sama is a tremendous movie. I cried like on seven different times during watching that.
0: You've been very high on Apollo 11 this year. Where does For this Sama? This is better. This yeah, is really, wow. Points better. Awesome. And it's in my
1: top 10 films of the year right now. I gotta get around to it. That's it's, awesome it's to hear. It's on Amazon Prime uh, via PBS, so watch but that. But can only... it
0: beat the Obama factor, which is what we yeah, talked I about? Yeah, wow. I, I think all it can. Right. I think it will.
1: I would be surprised if it didn't. That's where I'm at right now because I think it's going to win the BAFTA for sure. So I, I'm, I'm all in on, on all For Sama, right now. Good to hear. All right. Of course, the other big winner was Sam Mendes from 1917. We're going to have a lot to say about him coming up, but I did want to make a note of the schedule. Today was supposed to be MMOW with a DGA booster right at the top. (laughs) We're sorry about that. Scheduling issues happened this weekend. We lost our guests because of it. It it just, life happens.
0: Yeah, it's my fault. I put on Twitter, I have the literal. Well, I have the moves like Jagger, and that my body is that of a 90-year-old who feels sometimes like I just moved when I shouldn't and danced around when I shouldn't have. So well,
1: I was going to glance over Yeah, I know you not, were, but I, I, I figured it, but... honesty is the
0: best policy here. So yeah, I, I but we did have a guest, yeah. uh, and we, unfortunately we did have to lose that guest, but we hopefully will be able to reschedule them for later on down the line. So for this episode, for this directorial look and investigation, you just get Mike and I in all of our words that we have written down uh, <laughs> in a pre-DGA world. In your, you know in bed state you wrote down a lot of words i'm i'm just a madman, and none of it matters now because the dgas are over so we're gonna oh, see how we can adapt the, on the fly there's some excellent stats you outdid <laughs>
1: yourself on the stats in this episode so i'm excited to hear them well
0: let's talk about the biggest stat which is the one you have which is the one we've talked about for a while the dgas are the biggest precursor for the director category there may be the biggest correlation between category precursor and predictive success of that for what it means on oscar sunday and the dgas uh, if you win the DGA, you win the
1: Oscar. 87.5% of the time after the DGA Awards this year, it's 63 out of 72 DGA winners have won the Best Director Oscar.
0: That's a high number. That's
1: the highest. That's <laughs> yeah. the highest we've come That's across, quite I quite a
0: correlation. I thought it was only seven DGA winners hadn't won the Best Director category. You have the number at nine, so regardless in the history of the DGAs, if you win, usually you win the Oscar. Is that going to happen this year, Sam Mendes? Well, first of all, let's ask the first question first. Am I ever going to get a prediction wrong again? You're on a roll right now. <laughs> I'm proud of you.
1: And I should, I should have piggybacked on it, but I didn't see it in time, and I fell asleep early last night. Unfortunately, these late night award shows.
0: Like, I woke up this morning and had to look at it. Yeah, I woke up at like 1:40 in the morning. I just looked Oof. at my phone. And I was like, all right, that's good. <laughs> Sam Mendes won. Back I, to sleep.
1: Now you're like, now you're like the true Oscar <laughs> pundit. You're like. I got it right, so it's good. (laughs) You're not even waiting whether or not it's the right winner? No, no, No. we both like that movie, too. We're going to talk about it. But let's get into snubs, Mike.
0: Yeah, so the biggest snub of the category, a lot of people feel, we happen to feel as well, because... Todd Phillips is here. Uh, Greta Gerwig, for what she did in Little Women, and also we would stand and and talk about the Russo brothers for their work in Avengers Endgame. Both of those are marks that we had quite higher than some other movies in this category this year. But I, I don't think you would have offended anyone if either one of those, I guess, three people made this category. I really don't understand the Greta Gerwig's yeah,
1: that, that's That's one where it feels like this group is just a bunch of old white guys voting for their pals. And I, I get that. I mean, I get the fact that you have, you know, careers here that are being honored. It's not just the films themselves. Greta Gerwig is starting out her career. And that's a testament to how good she is at this. The fact that it's only her, like, second and a half movie right cuz she half directed one right, bomb right, back right. so it's only her 2.5 and it's this good already yeah she's a phenom already and then and that's the systemic issue with women directors is that they don't have these 15 film careers in many cases. And they don't have those resumes because they haven't been given those opportunities. Yep. That's the blatant facts about the industry right now. Olivia Wilde is a debut director. Lorene Scafaria has only done a couple indie films. Lulu Wong's only done a couple indie films. They're here because they're extraordinary at what they do in one of their first few opportunities.
0: Yeah, we keep talking about it is a systemic issue. It is making progress. It's just not enough, and we talk about this all the time, that twenty eight nineteen was, you know, the best year so far for women directors as far as having something like 14 of the top 100 grossing movies of the year, and that's great, but it's also only 14, so it's... You know, good job, why did it take you so long? Finger of shame that it's still not enough. That type of conversation. And like you said, you could talk about that for Greta Gerwig, Louise Faria. There's so many names this year. Lulu Wong. Yeah, Alma Harrell. Her Alma first Harrell. feature
1: is really on the edge of a lot of conversations. And in, in terms of how we've put it, we wanted Honey Boy. Scott Feinberg wanted mm-hmm. Honey Boy in the conversation. It's that good of a movie, and it's a first-time feature. So it's a testament to the, throw the talent. Throw Olivia Wilde in there, too. Yeah, right it's out. a testament to the talent on display here. Yes, the Russo brothers,
0: they've been doing this for a while. This is their however, sixth or seventh. Well the Russo movie. brothers are, are, are a unique case in that endgame is a unique case as well, you know, right. taking the, the gender issue, the systemic issue out, out of it. The Endgame shouldn't be as good as it is. It's impossible for that type of movie, and I know I keep saying it over and over, but it's true. I mean, look at the last season of Game of Thrones. Look at the last Star Wars movie, the last in the Skywalker saga. When you put these finishing touches on these decade-spanning type properties, you're going to ostracize and polarize people, and they didn't. Even when you have Oscar-winning directors for the same
1: franchises, like Peter Jackson finishing off the Hobbit series... yeah. Not even close. No. Not even close to this good. And I would totally agree with you. The end, Avengers Endgame was unique. It was a directorial showcase. Those brothers just really outdid themselves. They're awesome. And I am just. I can't get over some of the things they pull off. I keep rewatching that on Disney. Plus. It's going to be very high on all my lists this year. Uh, look, Taika Waititi in JoJo Rabbit is another movie that the more I watch, the, the higher I rank JoJo Rabbit across the board. JoJo I, Rabbit's so good. And I, I've loved his career too. So yeah. that, I, I wonder why this movie doesn't work with people. Across the board, like it works with us, but I, it's it's another movie where I just think it brings a lot of goods to the table, and it just walks the tightrope with that time period in the backdrop. And how do you make things funny, and you have that backdrop? How do you dance the the tension tightrope there with the comedy and drama? I, I,
0: It pulled it off, in my opinion. Taika Waititi falls victim to that stat that we highlighted going into it, that the DGA rarely gets all five right. More often, they will get four of the five nominees as a crossover with the Oscars. So we figured one of the DGA noms wouldn't make the Oscars field. Turns out to be Taika Waititi, who is subbed out, and Todd Phillips gets subbed in. Now I think Jordan
1: Peele also outdid himself in terms of the director. Are we share... the
0: only ones that think
1: that's an Academy caliber movie? Well, Universal thought so because they campaigned the hell out of that film, especially for Peter Nyong'o. But I, I do think Peele's strength in that movie was even more so from the director's chair upon a recent rewatch. Uh, I, well, it had to be. That story makes no sense. <laughs> it's a tough story <laughs> to make sense of, right? And it's it's really wonky, and it's almost like half-baked, yeah. some of it. The, uh, the I mean, more you, you don't get answers. The more you watch it, it's kind of half-baked. It's kind of silly. It, you could think that way. and We mentioned as much in our two-part review because it was a fun you know, Oscar-level movie coming out last March or end of February or yeah. whatever it did. I do think Jordan Peele, because of the nature of that property, is getting looked over a little bit. I
0: absolutely agree, just because of the genre. Also, well, you already were here for your horror movie, so now everything has to be get-out level for you to get back into this field, right? You know, I, I, I get it. Uh, I'm very curious and, and excited to see years to come where Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig go head-to-head a couple times. Yeah, I hope that happens. It's probably going to
1: happen. It happened already, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Trey Edward Schultz from Waves. James Mangold for Ford v. Ferrari. I thought he directed the heck out of that, too. He
0: just won something this past weekend, too, for Director of the Year. I can't remember where it was, but I yeah. saw it, yeah.
1: And then Robert Eggers was the last uh, snub I had going into this weekend before I watched Forsama. Wad, Al Khatib and Edward Watts are the co directors of that. And I apologize if I didn't pronounce yeah. her name correctly. She Edward's just, tough to say. This woman is a hero. And she's like handheld
0: cameraing the whole movie. This is her. So what? Filming the movie. I'm a recluse. I haven't seen this yet. I know nothing about the movie. So give me a quick synopsis here. She's a journalist. Her husband's a, a doctor. Her her husband's one of the last standouts.
1: Uh, last holdouts I or you should say in aleppo running a hospital one of the last oh, wow. working hospitals in aleppo in 2016 from 2011 to 2016 in fact Whew. she is a journalist trying to be there on the ground and she's trying to get the word out to the rest of the world and her husband's putting his name out there uh, which is also another degree of risk because if he does ever try to get out, he could be, you know, assassinated, right. or put in jail, whatever. This Civil War is insane, and we've gotten now like five or six movies on it. Mm. Each one of them has been extraordinary, in my opinion. This is probably the best movie. This movie tells the story of this war from from the female's perspective. Uh, I, I it's also from a parent's perspective. You know, the, she's making this movie for her
0: daughter, who, who's, a, who's a baby, a toddler throughout Phew, this. Good Lord. And it's from the perspective of those trying to help, not necessarily those trying to fight the battle. I cannot
1: Ugh. tell you my lord, how I was trying to steal myself against crying. Yeah. And at five or six different times, I'm losing. I just can't help it. And I'm like mad. I'm almost mad at the movie. I mean, just in terms of a, a watch experience, uh. One of the most affecting films in a long damn time. Do anything you can to support what's going on over there, and uh, I think we all need to. It's it's incredible, and I can't imagine the documentary film branch not recognizing this for what it is.
0: Well, we will. Time will tell. In the documentary film branch is curious uh so we'll see what happens on academy sunday but it's it's also nice that you know we're almost in february here and rarely this late do we get to something new that kind of really gets us excited
1: yeah well it's new to us because we're jerks because we didn't go see it when it was out yeah that's what i mean the availability of it hasn't been very widespread it was in in the city uh, theater
0: we should have seen it we're uh, jerks i uh i live in a mountain you do live out I'm the like mountain, the Grinch. But you can get to the Whoville. You can get there. I could have got there. I go to I my Podunk Theater.
1: I avoided this because I've seen five, you know, or six documentaries on Syria before, and they've each just devastated me. And I was a, a coward. Yeah. And
0: you are a coward by association, therefore, as well. Fair fair. <laughs> All right. High marks for 4 Sama. Let's move on now and let's talk about the traditional category reviews. Uh, that's what we're going to do and talk about every nominee here in the Best Director category. If you've not joined us before for a traditional category review, what they are is we take every single one of the Academy nominees and we give you reasons why they will win on Oscars Sunday and why they will not win on Oscars Sunday. At the end of this, we go through a practice called Perfecting Perfection. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned. We'll have an explanation for that at the end of this category review, but We're going to go alphabetically. Let's start with Bong Joon-ho. Michael, why is Bong Joon-ho going to win the Best Director category? Maybe a good time to put this disclaimer in. We had this episode prepared pre-DGA Awards. Mm -hmm. Now we're in a post-DGA world. So has anything changed, or what did you think going in, or how do you want to handle this, Mike? Why is Bong Jun ho going to win? All right, so
1: again, that crossover is almost 9 out of 10 Mm -hmm. times. The winner of the DGA, which was Sam Mendes, in this case, will probably win the Oscar, and they have won the Oscar throughout history. All that being said, I do think our arguments... Are there for the exceptions to the rule, and they still apply. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them anyway, I think. And in this particular case, I mean, there's nothing that happened at the DGA's last night that can erase all of the standing ovations Bong Joon-ho has gotten throughout this award season. Every time *Parasite* gets introduced, the you know the mm-hmm. overflowing ovation that they got at SAGs last weekend, where the the cast won, and you know everybody went crazy. Yep. That was that was more than we, we ever saw Roma get last year. And even though Roma won a lot of awards, we didn't have Roma be the darling of award season. We didn't have it be the quote-unquote movie of the moment like Ryan McQuaid said on Chasing the Gold's In Session podcast that we, we guessed it on. So Bong Joon-ho should be taken seriously here because this essentially is a popular vote. Every category is. The Oscars are just are. And he is the po- most popular director uh, in the field right Right
0: now. Yeah, and he had the momentum up until, I would say, the Golden Globes where Mendes did pull off the first of what has been a few upsets where now the category may have flipped in his favor, but this award has been tied to Bong Joon-ho since Parasite came out. And, you know, like I said, Mendes was there at the Golden Globes, and maybe now the narrative has switched, and especially now with the DGA Fallout being what it is, you would think Mendes is going to be clearly the favorite. Mm-hmm. But just going into the DGAs, I thought Bong Joon-ho had a good chance, because the DGAs tend to reward the lower-budget-type movie. They tend wow. to shine on the on the movies that don't spend exhaustion amounts, and and just to to kind of compare, Sam Mendes' 1917 was made for either 90 or 100 million, according to Wikipedia. In the last 20 years of the DGAs, there's only been four movies that the DGA gave Best Director to that have been above that 90 million dollar mark, and in fact, the mode for the most awarded budget that the DGAs have shined on has been $15 million, and Parasite was made for $11 million. So I think that might play into it, even regardless if Bong Jun ho didn't win the DGA, that he was able to do this on a much smaller budget, not with a big studio. He did this on his own. Neon purchased the rights after the movie was already made. Maybe Bong Jun ho gets some credit for that in the Academy as well, and he gets shined on. And maybe because he didn't have this big studio behind him and have all the access to all these, you know, technical effects and practical effects that Mendes clearly did, and yet he Bong well, you know, Joon-ho was able to put forth a movie that looks just as good. I mean obviously you're comparing a well, nominated in multiple, you know, tech categories. technical categories. Yeah, true. So maybe that's enough to pull him through in this popularity contest like you said. The composition of Parasite is really exquisite. And I'm
1: using a word many critics have used and you would even agree with yeah. that. You did agree with it yeah. on our review. I mean he's super creative with the camera work, cinematography that moves very slow at times or just, you know, tilts downward a little bit. He's very clever with all that. The editing glory of that mid-movie montage is something that's going to be reckoned with for Thelma and all the great nominees in the editing branch. Ford v. Ferrari is a technical achievement, but you might have that mid-movie montage be the montage that holds up at the end of the day. And I just think he directed one hell of an ensemble performance, as is now finally being recognized from the Screen Actors Guild, etc., etc. I think that's one of the helpful things about getting snubbed sometimes, is that you actually draw a more attention to, you know, positives about your film that that may be yelled louder after that original, you know, analysis of the nominations comes out. Or even during that original analysis, at least by the punditry. I think the cast of Parasite is revered right now for good reason. We said it should have been happening the whole time. Yep. Uh, It was one of those, you know, no-brainer, obvious facts about that movie. The performances were excellent. And, of course, the director
0: usually gets credit for all Mm -hmm. that. Those are all reasons why this film, I don't think is dead. but there are probably better reasons why it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for yeah, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, Mike, Joon you, got, uh, you got a big argument here. So why is Bong Joon-ho going to lose this thing? Well, I tied in why Bong Joon-ho was going to lose and why Sam Mendes is going to win because I think they're kind of one of the same. Now, the biggest reason after this weekend is the result of the DGA. Yes. Obviously, Sam Mendes winning the DGA is the biggest factor. And I thought going into the as Mendes and why I ended up predicting him is that he's already proven so much for so many different studios. He won the best picture in the Oscars for working for Amblin and DreamWorks, which Mm -hmm. is uh, uh, Amblin, obviously, the Steven Spielberg studio. Uh, DreamWorks was started by Spielberg as well, but back in the 90s with American Beauty, he's already done the Indie-rific rom-com for Away We Go. He's rubbed shoulders with, uh, you know, people at Universal for the... Big budget war movie, and then before that he had the not so big, but still a not-so-big-but-still-a-big-budget war movie in Jarhead, so Mendes has been around the Academy, I think more so than Bong Joon-ho has, so if you tie in not only the DGA win, which is the biggest factor, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but who they know and who people want to work with and who people shine with. You know, yes, Parasite is very popular, but Bong Joon-ho is still relatively new to the Academy, even though he's been making movies for a couple decades now. Yeah, this this DGA
1: seems like the group of the most entrenched old white guys, in a way, that have been working together, and, and at odds at times. But they've been the safest in their jobs over the years. And that's why I think a lot of the director's branch Guys have that crossover with the DGA to the point where you get a 90% crossover stat. So Bong Joon-ho has just started to make friends right. in this branch. And he, he's done some movies where he's you know done an international production a couple times where he's made money for a lot of different groups. He's made money for Netflix. Right. So he's starting to branch out. I think a lot of people will want to work with sure. him after this movie. But his accomplishments aren't necessarily ones in this film that are going to win over all the gearheads and all the tech heads, all the techies. You know, even though, like I said, it's an exquisite composition. 1917 is that innovative achievement that's going to just dazzle all the technical wizards in this branch. And those kind of wins happen a lot in this particular branch with the DGA and the Oscar, as I think we're going to go through uh, throughout these arguments.
0: Yeah, I, I like that argument too. We don't know how widespread the, the love for 1917 is in all the different branches and you could parlay that out in kind of a combination of what we're both saying. We know 1917 is beloved by the tech branches this year, but we also don't know how widespread Mendy's love is with how many people he's hobnobbed with. And Mendes has been in so many big studios and done so much good for so many different studios in Hollywood yeah. that it's... Uh, He's almost like betting against Disney at this point, in a way. If you're going to bet against Disney in like the animated feature because of how established they are and how widespread their reach is and how many resources they have and how many people support them and behind them, you better have something that's head and shoulders above it. Because he's worked with Universal, he's worked with Steven Spielberg, he's worked with all these people, he's wowing the technical branches, he's doing all these things with this film, and this is kind of a culmination of a career. I, I don't know if it makes sense to bet against him pre-DGA, now post-DGA, I... I Seems like this is his category, and that's also why I think Mendes will win and why Bong Jin ho will lose. That's kind of one of the same for me. And this
1: branch and the DGA, you know, the both of them have not been afraid to pick the same director again and again and mm-hmm. again. You know, the DGA has picked Ang, Ang Lee a couple of times. Inaritu and Quiron mm-hmm. have both won multiple times. You know, you can go back through the list. You got Spielberg and Eastwood, and obviously there's more names there that have, that have doubled up, at least doubled up. So it, I don't think they're going to have an issue going for Mendes here, and obviously they, they didn't after the DGA.
0: So. And what about an Oscar Puzzles theory to kind of cap this off with? Yeah, yeah. I mean... If 1917, which clearly has holes on its resume with the Baptist playing its home game, we talk about that in a previous episode, so maybe there's not the support for it to win the best picture. Maybe... People are happy with Bong Joon-ho winning the international feature, and because 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood aren't in editing, hey, here's your best editing award, too. You'll be a multi-time Oscar winner on the night. You'll get two of the big categories. Uh, You'll have your own set, but we we don't want to give you the best picture either. So maybe there's a third film that people want to reward best picture with, (laughs) and they spread out the love like the Academy. I'm being a little facetious, but I'm also speaking seriously But I think if any narrative we're going to run with it with the Academy, I don't think it's going to be the let's make history with the international feature one this year. I've said that a billion times. There's enough proof to think that 1917 isn't going to sweep either, so it's out there. I mean, it's a possibility.
1: I just wonder if the base, right, base of the old guard, which is still the base of the Academy at large, is going to go for this movie more and then have its votes split with Hollywood and 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 the Irishman in particular and maybe marriage story to a lesser extent I don't know if Joker's in that batch I I think maybe for some of it but bottom line is I wonder if Hollywood's path to victory is tied a little bit to the fact that there's like three great dad slash old white guy movies in here you know guy movies in here and you have a, a unique achievement like parasite maybe standing on its own so if that vote is split and cannibalized parasite could come you know not down the middle but really come off the off the you know outside lane and track sometimes you know the the 400 record at the Olympics was set in the wide lane where that guy was just <laughs> all right sprinting and he was out running on his own pace the South African guy ran the 44 or 42 whatever he ran and uh, he won it from the wide lane yeah the only argument
0: I would the only counter that I would have is I think the Irishman's dead I don't think it's splitting many votes anymore. Yeah, but he's probably got a loyal group. Sure, but he'll he'll be fourth it'll you have know, to be Hollywood in 1917 yeah that's what I mean that's, that's just my take on it who knows what will actually happen gonna be interesting to see but do you have anything else as to why Mendes will win we just talked my reasons are one and the same why Bong will lose and why Mendes will win watch the making of videos of
1: 1917 yeah. it's in a technical achievement like we haven't seen in a long time it's a Herculean task and we just reviewed the film so you can re- reference back to that obviously the biggest stat is he won the DGA like you said that matters it does yeah. matter of out of ten times that happens, however, nine out of ten is not. I mean, you know, if you got ten percent odds, that's a bet you make once in a while. Especially if you can read some tea leaves here and we can read some rooms. So, you know, Bong Junho has a he has a puncher's chance here. It's not a great puncher's chance. Agree. It's a possibility. Agree. So let's talk about that possibility a little bit here, Mike. Why can Sam Mendes lose at this point? Because
0: the Academy isn't crazy about war films anymore. I mean, they're just not. If you look at the stats, go just this last generation, I'll call it, which is the yeah. last 35 years. In the last 35 years, we've had seven directors of war films win the Best Director category. That sounds like a lot, 20%. That's not bad, but if you get deeper into the cat into the numbers here... Since, whether you want to call it 9-11, if you want to call it the Iraq War, whatever, since that started, from from 84 to 2000, we had six of those seven director wins. Right. Since 2000 or 2001, whatever year you want to call it, we've only had Catherine Bigelow, The Hurt Locker. And that's without stretching the definition of what what a war film is. I didn't include Cold War Argo, uh, I didn't include uh, The Killing Fields, a lot of these other movies that are like have war in the background of their things going on, sure. just strictly war films. We've had uh, war films nominated in the Best Director category that didn't win, uh, Ran by Kurosawa in 1985, Hope and Glory in 87, Benini's Life is Beautiful, and The Thin Red Line in 98. Those were your only war films pre-2001 that didn't win Best Director. So mm-hmm. of the possibilities, war directors went 6 out of 10 at the Oscars, winning the Best Director category. Hmm. Ten times they were nominated, six wins. Since, they've been one out of seven. Black Hawk Down, Ridley Scott, Peter Weir for Master and Commander in 03, Clint Eastwood, Lettuce for Iwo Jima, uh, Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards, Steve Spielberg for Lincoln, which is an arguable one, but I threw it in, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, and Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, so one out of eight, actually, is how has been the Best Director category, with Kathryn Bigelow being the only one. So, for whatever reason the Academy still doesn't shine a light on war movies as a tiebreaker or given the chance to or whatever. And you could talk about the odds of these going in. I mean, no one had an okay chance two years ago to win for Dunkirk. Probably, probably should have, but we know Del Toro was sweeping. So you got to take those things into account as well, I'm aware. But still, I mean, the stats are the stats. War films are not doing great in the last 20 years. I would agree with you. That makes some
1: sense. The the way I looked at it as a slight pushback is the big technical innovative achievement award. Mm -hmm. You know, that movie typically gets them a best director. La La Land, The Revenant, Birdman, Gravity, The Artist, Hurt Locker, Slumdog, No Country, Return of the King, Chicago. And then going back before your 2000 cutoff, Saving Private Ryan did get, you know, best director Oscars. Mm -hmm so I do think that the movie that even if it's not a trendsetter because it can't be it can people won't try to climb that mountain right. again after these guys do it 1917 is one of those films I mean there are moments in here where we watched we're like we've never seen a war movie like right. this so I'm quoting you it is innovative so I think that your war movie stat is going up against that other stat to be fair now why he's not going to win in terms of my mind I do think that Oscar puzzle theory has to and could apply here not has to but it could apply here because I do think Mendy's is the favorite right now with the best picture I do think that the director branch could come out of this and almost say you know we got two extraordinary films this year and where else is Parasite going to win editing editing but that, that's not enough that's is why it? they give
0: Hollywood best picture everyone's happy
1: No, (laughs) international film is probably not enough for Parasite.
0: I agree. I think Parasite's going to win one other bigger one.
1: And editing is probably not big enough, again, in my opinion. It's
0: either screenplay
1: or it's it's director. And where are you giving Bong Joon-ho the credit? It just comes down to that. Typically, the WGA has given the new arrival Mm -hmm. to the Academy the credit in screenwriting. Is that going to happen again? Because we suspect that the WGA goes Bong Joon Ho's way, and that Tarantino
0: actually loses some momentum. If the WGA doesn't go Parasite, it's got to hurt Parasite's overall chances for Best Picture, right? It's got to hurt Parasite's overall yeah. chances. Absolutely, one hundred percent. All right, we're on the same page there. It's just it's it's still it's funny. We're this far out, and I still say what you want about Hollywood. I still say there's three films that are just jockeying still and it could go any which way it needs the BAFTA I think it really needs a BAFTA. I don't think it does but I will say I hope not I look
1: I'm rooting for Hollywood too if I have a foam finger in the air but I think (laughs) it needs something else right now to get it back to the point where it's being talked about in a big way I mean we are some of the only pundits talking about it like it would be a
0: surprise to most people right now if it just pops up and then everybody will I be like... Know. I've seen major critics say... That, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You could be right. I don't know. I just know what I've seen on Twitter recently and people are still popping up t- saying that... Don't discount Hollywood. It's every major. Podcast, p- it's major
1: critics. Every podcast in the last two weeks, let's just say, every award season podcast yeah. that I've been listening to has talked about like the two-person
0: race. Yeah, Parasite. I know, I know, because everybody's falling in love with Parasite, and they want f- oh, to. Don't, Let's not. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I've Parasite. seen that. They've been in love with Parasite, Yeah. But now because it, it fits like, their narrative. It, it definitely fits a narrative. <laughs> to be a two-movie race really fits the Parasite narrative the right narrative's
1: now. Narratives really matter. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we got to put on uh, some tinfoil I hope Todd hats. Todd Phillips wins. We got to <laughs> put some tinfoil hats right now. And here, the agent of chaos will come out. Mike, why will Todd Phillips win this thing? Because nothing matters and the world just needs to burn. You've as been as saying just... this. You've been saying <laughs> this, but I think on the night, you would be one of the loudest detractors. And I think I think this is part of the reason why you want it to happen because you want to scream about something on Oscar it's night? It's possible
0: i I also want to keep it a lot of Parasite's hands because I'm tired of it, but... Now, Joker's had fans all over the Academy. It's not only carrying the most Academy Award nominations, but it did so at the BAFTAs as well, and it's been nominated in most Guild's top categories, too, so people do like this movie, if not just outright love it, so we do need to, like, deal with that at some point. It did have 11 nominations, right? And what better way to end the discussion of Todd Phillips doesn't belong in this category and Todd Phillips is the reason that there's no women in this category and blah, 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 than to have Todd Phillips win the director trophy outright?
1: Obviously, it has support in the Academy. Joker does. Because it has as many nominations as it has. Phillips has an extra nomination here because of the level of support it has at the Academy. I still think it has to be a perfect storm for Phillips to win this, similar to the perfect storm that took for Joker to become Joker. Mm -hmm. How does he come down the middle with a movie as polarizing as Joker? I don't think he can. So it's like he's got to get the, you know, Lane 1 or Lane 8 win, and Parasite's already kind of, you know, winning from Lane 8, if anybody's winning from Lane 8. So I don't see who he's grabbing. Like, he's not grabbing new Academy members to vote for him. So he's got to grab like scorsese lovers but he's because he's doing a you know imitation of scorsese but scorsese's in the category i've always so,
0: said the 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 ones that share votes to me that makes the most sense is parasite and joker and i think if you're going to take if you if you're resigned to the fact that bong Joon-ho can't win this category maybe you get some of those voters that makes sense thematically in terms of their movies they're right, both about right. class warfare right. That's one is from
1: on. a nihilist perspective the other mm-hmm. is you know whatever parasite was and I, i'm not going to say the a right mess I'm going to say existential. I'll say a mess. What do they just use on film <laughs> threat? Postmodern meta. Postmodern meta is a great term that I think we try to be a lot of the times. That's what. Uh,
0: that last half hour is
1: bad. I disagree. Uh-huh. Strong disagree. Uh, I'm not the one weekend. on film Twitter, yeah, folks. I think it's and, great. Nah, it's, bad. Uh, it's my number one screenplay of the year, like I said on two episodes ago. But Damn all that being four. said. Like Tired what's of fighting this battle. What's Todd Phillips' path to victory? I, I can't even do this exercise for Todd Phillips.
0: I think he's gonna lose and lose
1: handily. Like I Yeah, shocked. I I agree. I
0: mean the uh, why why he's gonna lose, the obvious thing to say is that he's not gonna win. And I, I have an argument that's about the Joker movie that really there's no other way to say it without sounding like a gigantic dick. Yeah, because this is this is why he's gonna lose now. Yeah. It probably also belongs more in the screenplay argument than it does in the director argument anyway, but still How sure are we that this movie was all that intricate and difficult to do? Because essentially what you have is a serial killer origin story where a guy is driven to horrific deeds because literally everybody he comes in contact with is only a bit less terrible than what he turns into. And there's no real conflict. There's no opposing force tugging at the main character for him to choose between good and evil. There's just this steady and steep decline downward... He got from his mother, to his idol, to random youths, to even the woman he sits behind on the bus one day, yells at him, and yeah. shows zero sympathy, even though he proves to her that he has this affliction and condition. Everyone in this movie is just the worst version of themselves. So, because there's no antagonist, the world has to be the antagonist. Right. Which, is that that difficult to do? I don't know. I mean, everyone's just horrible they are horrible and that's what he literally
1: says right. at the end Either of the have, movie. that's his big speech I do think you know Todd Phillips direct, again I'm screwing up this whole exercise because I'm making an <laughs> argument why he's going to win now in the can't lose help sector. but argue with me what the hell is wrong with me I'm just a contrarian <laughs> this morning but he's obviously juggling a lot of different things in terms of the composition because he's got a beautiful cinematography production design he's got so many yeah, things technically the
0: film looks great
1: he's got a great performance that he's directing from Joaquin Phoenix he's got a, a lot of performances in the ensemble that are supporting what Phoenix is doing and a lot of, you know, solid performances in there we've mentioned. Yeah. So there's a lot of good things about this movie that are on an awards level. I don't think it should have gotten as many nominations as it did, just in my opinion. I agree. I also have some key issues with the screenplay and with a few, you know, aspects of the film, mostly the story aspects of the film that I'm just like, ugh. Yep. But I'm kind of against a nihilistic story in general. Yeah. So that's
0: why I say that. And there's, there's no conflict. Well, regardless. I mean, look. If you don't like any of those reasons, or you don't, if you're a big stand of the joke, or you're a big fan of the movie, or you're a big fan of the screenplay, big fan of Phillips' works. The main reason he's not going to win is because each of the times that the DGA winner didn't win the best director at the Oscars, it still went to someone who was nominated at the DGAs, and Phillips wasn't. So that's the easiest one to that's the easiest reason to end. Thank you. Why didn't you (laughs) leave? All right, let's get to the next category. Yeah, Mike, why is Martin Scorsese gonna win?
1: All right, we'll talk about having a loyal group of admirers and friends in the director branch. Scorsese has those right now to the point where one of the other Oscar nominees of the category is like chief fanboy amongst them. Yeah, I mean, based on the movie he made this year and Todd Phillips. So, <laughs> look, the highs of the Irishman are vintage Scorsese. I love this movie despite its lows uh, as well, despite its story problems, technical flaws. Uh, it's overlong. I do think all those things. I mean, let's go back to our reviews, and I still give it like an A-grade. It's still a huge grade for me. It's still a high mark for me. I love watching this movies. I was obsessed with it. I watched it like five times, and it's three and a half hours long. How did that happen, I, Mike?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: I wonder if Netflix is a bit of a sleeping giant here if they somehow consolidated resources and did like a sneaky campaign behind the scenes anywhere. It's possible. If, if I if mean, they, they threw, have the they have the money certainly. If they threw their weight around, they won this category last year. You never know. Scorsese is a big name. And he's got a shot, and he's just got to eat into the Mendes voting body to, to to really break through there. So I don't love my argument, but that's the best I can go with. It's on.
0: a tough—I mean, there's tough arguments to come up with because the Irishman hasn't won anything. But if ever there was a legacy pick argument to use as a tiebreaker yeah. for any voters on their ballots, it's going to be this one, voting for Martin Scorsese, right? I mean— Arguments of he's already got one Oscar be damned. Are we all truly prepared to run the risk of having Scorsese ride off into the sunset having only landed a single Best Director Oscar for his career, especially when the ability to change that sentence lays this closely in front of the Academy? I mean, all you really need is enough disciples who probably fell in love with movies and got into the business in the first place because of their appreciation for Marty's work to place their hero number one on their ballads. And you get to kill two birds, basically, with one stone. You get The Irishman, a film which, despite its flaws, is still groundbreaking and audacious in so many ways. It finally secures its spot in the record books with a gigantic win on its IMDb page. And you get to end Martin Scorsese, only one-time Oscar winner as director. So... You know, it's out there. I don't love my argument either, but it's because there's tough arguments to make as to why he'll win because there's easier ones to make as to why he'll lose, Michael. So why is going to lose? There are technical failures in this film, in no. my opinion. Those are That is my
1: opinion. I've been saying it for a while. We've discussed them all at length, so I'm not going to go into them here. But technical failures in this movie should hold it back. And I think he should have understood that they were technical failures the same way my... Younger eyes realize they are. <laughs> and now people like me are, are on YouTube and they're doing their own VFX and making it look better. Yeah. I mean, those you can't allow that at the end of the day. No, I'm surprised he's even nominated here. The fact that he's nominated is a testament to the rest of the movie and how good it is. This is one of the most polarizing experience, movie-watching experiences of the year for me because of how great it is in some scenes, and it is great, and how other scenes just make me foam at the mouth. I'm so angry. So uh, I think he should lose because the lows are very low.
0: Yeah, and before you even get into the technical argument about how good or bad or awful the VFX are and that whole de-aging process, I mean, you got to take two sick days off work just to finish this fucking thing. That's true. It's a long movie. <laughs> it's a, it's a long movie. And we know like we know the academy is going to watch what it wants, when it wants. I'm sure everyone in the Academy watched this movie out of respect for Scorsese, but I'm not sure everyone in the Academy watched all of this movie and finished it. And the timing is an issue. In the history of the Oscars, there's been 28 winners of Best Director who have helmed a film longer than 150 minutes or two hours and 30 minutes, according to IMDb. Would you like to know how many directors have won this category with a movie runtime as long as The Irishman's 210 or 3 hours and 30 minutes? How many
1: of those movies are there even out there?
0: three have won victor <laughs> fleming won for gone with the wind in yep. 1939 yep. at best the irishman by about 28 minutes william wyler won for ben hur in 1959 which beats the irishman's runtime by two minutes and the last such time such an event happened in this category was david lean for lawrence of arabia in 1962 It's been 57 years since a film this long won Best Director. But length is actually even more prohibitive than that. Ten of those 28 Best Director winners who won the category for helming a movie over 150 minutes in runtime have come in the past 30 years. All but two of those ten not only won Best Director, but would go on to win Best Picture as well, which the Irishman isn't going to do. So in other words, if you win Best Director for helming a movie this long, you better be a Best Picture favorite. Because it's only happened twice in the last 30 years. Somebody helmed a movie over two and a half hours. One best director didn't win best picture. You always have a stat that I just
1: can't follow. And this is that stat today. <laughs> I just can't fucking follow it. I don't get it. You, it's the preposition of phrases. I don't get what you just said. I'll get it when I re-listen to it. I get the f- long movies
0: lose unless they're best picture winners. Yeah, you summed it up. Long pictures don't do well here unless you're going to win best picture.
1: I'm glad you took the statistical approach today because uh, I'm so sick of stats and all the crossovers. I did one stat for today's episode. That was all
0: I can hear. It's the most important one. I'm just speaking nonsense. I, no, it's good. I mean, it's,
1: it's good. I just wish my brain would work when you speak sometimes. So this movie's
0: not Lawrence of Arabia. It's probably not Lawrence
1: of Arabia. All right. You're going to speak some more, though, because we got to talk about Quentin Tarantino and
0: why he will win. Because he deserves it. God damn it! Take any fucking narrative if you want you. This should be Quentin's time, and this movie should be sweeping in the way Silence of the Lambs did. You understand? This entire show should be a two movie show. Quentin's Hollywood in the Big Seven categories, and 1917 in the Technicals, and Parasite can have editing if it shuts all of you up. All right? I'm tired of having to pretend to be objective and unbiased when I don't believe a word of it. These films are not close. I mean, 1917 is close, but swap directors, and we know Tarantino is going to give you an Academy-caliber war movie. I don't think Mendes is sure to pull off something best picture-worthy with a day in the life of 1969 Hollywood. What more does this man need to do to get into your good graces, you ungrateful masses? The guy made fun of himself for multiple scenes. He hired the single most likable cast in the history of the industry, including three super-duper A-listers as his leads. He found a new rising starlet child actor. He went from guy who made Death Proof to guy who may have made the most inoffensive best picture contender of the year just to play nice with you people. When is enough enough for all of you?
1: God, I'm part of me wants to say you should do professional wrestling. And I think this is the culmination of uh, of an entire pres- professional wrestling fandom finally coming into our podcast. Uh, part of me also wants to punch you in the face because you just took me at once upon a Hollywood stand and make made me angry with you for being this th- you know, dominant on it because I don't think it is so much better than all these other movies. I don't know how you can say that again. Why are you forcing me to argue with you in a in a why and a win segment? I think I think these other movies are on the level. Which can you say it's that much better than 1917 or Parasite or The Irishman or Marriage Story? No, yes, I, I don't think so at all. <laughs> or Jojo, I don't think it's that runaway level. Silence of the Lambs, perfect composition, and it's the edgy pick, and it's I'll the, meet uh, you halfway
0: here. I all probably right. should have saved that for Best Picture. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do it at Best Picture when we actually have a guest. But I'm thing. tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of
1: having to pretend. Yeah, look, it, you say it all the time. It didn't come out at the right time of year. It came out at a, a time of year where usually Best Picture winners don't come out. Uh, I agree. It's a really excellent movie but it's not my favorite tarantino movie it's not even close to my favorite tarantino movie
0: it might be my favorite movie ever ever it might be it's, it's just, either it's, that or mahon
1: it is not that for me it is not even close it's like four points lower than my my top movies of any any year
0: you want to know how i know you're lying about the best director category
1: why well I, i'm making this argument against you because i can the, see Will your
0: Winston. top i could see your top five in perfecting perfection
1: I think he's the best, but I don't think he's ten points better than everybody else. You know, I don't think this is a year where you have one movie sweep everything. I, I don't think that's this year. I no, think it's you not. Have, I agree. You have four or five really great movies in in this year, but but it should be. I'm lightheaded. You should be lightheaded. I don't know why you didn't change your tone of voice at all during that delivery. You know, every once in a while we have a kid on our team that does like the the speech. They get they give the speech. It's usually a lineman, yeah. right? And he just doesn't change his tone of voice, and everybody's like drowned out because he's just screaming <laughs> Good. for ten Good. minutes. That
0: kid for president. That was
1: you. That was you. I can't. I, I no. I can't do it. I was going with it for a while, and then I can't do it. I, I, I don't approve. But who gives a fuck about my approval, Mike? Globe winners have won the Oscar. Only 42 out of 76 times. This is the best stat that I can bring up for this category. The, the, the most hope I can give Tarantino in this category. Because that's only a 55% crossover for Sam Mendes in that particular case. So if we're stat heads here, and if anybody is still listening, <laughs> then there's a reason why Tarantino has a chance. But okay, we got to ask this next question. Why is Quentin Tarantino going to lose, Michael? In the
0: words of the immortal Lucille Bluth, I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it.
1: <laughs> Look, he's not going to win. I know he's not going to win. He's not going to win because the DGA Right. He, and hasn't he hasn't won anything. He so He's
0: going to win anything, and it's going to be original screenplay. And that's literally why he's he's not going and to win. And the movie is really strong in certain areas,
1: and it's overindulgent in other areas. Sure. The like, movie's indulgent. Like, I just rewatched it for a sixth time. I mean, it's good as it is at times. It's not great at other times. It's annoying me at other times. Rewatch it. And say you don't I've get annoyed. i rewatched it a billion times. I I, I I get annoyed at that movie a little bit
0: because of some scenes are too long. It, it, I'm it, like
1: just get on. With I don't. Her. I don't
0: mind you criticizing the film. I get angry that you stand so hard for Parasite and fa- re- just refuse to see the shortcomings in that, but but take shots at this one. I
1: gave Parasite a lower grade. I gave yeah. Parasite a lower grade. What do you want from me? I gave this an 93. I 90 want grade. you to admit it. it's not I a good gave, ending. I gave A- <laughs> to Parasite. And and that matters to me. So I think they're both really, really good films, but I just I, I gave Parasite lower because of those some of those reasons or because some of the highs don't get quite as high for me in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not laughing during Parasite like I'm laughing at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's one of the funniest movies of the year. It's something I did not expect at all. And then you get all those Tarantino goods in a more polished presentation if you're a history buff you 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 get those goods as well parasite is more about getting you know spellbound for me in a story and in a one composed story that's why i like parasite so much
0: did you write this after your philip twitter beef no this was all before oh my god (laughs) i'm just i'm going down swinging man i'm just going down swinging (laughs) (laughs) all right He's not going to win. Let's get into Perfecting Perfection. If you've not joined us before for what Perfecting Perfection is, what it is, is we take the Academy nominees and we rank them in order of our preference. These are not necessarily what we think will happen on Academy Sunday. That's going to be our predictions and revealed during our gambling preview and prediction episode. These are not even necessarily what we think the nominees should be on the year. That's going to be revealed during the Mike, Mike and Oscars award show. These are just our taking the Academy five nominations and putting them in preference that we think they should be in just from the five they give us so mike we have the exact same five now that i'm looking at it uh so we could take these one by one if you want number five i think is obvious with todd phillips and we've kind of said all year long why that is yes
1: it's definitely todd phillips there i don't think he should be in this category i don't think he did a bad job necessarily like to the point where i'm you know giving it a bad grade giving the film a bad grade i just think there are some big problems there i agree. Uh, we both have Scorsese
0: at number four. Which is kind of surprising. I was surprised I put him so low, but I think you're right. The lows of that film are kind of inescapable, and it's not, for you, how you, what you just said about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood not being one of your favorite Tarantino movies, that's almost exactly how I feel about Scorsese. I just feel like there's so much better work of his out there that he's done already that yeah. I, I would just be drawn to. <laughs> then we both have Bong Joon-ho at three? How does that happen? After all that, we both had the same final list. Look, I, I've said forever about Parasite. It's a fine movie. It's directed well. The technicals are good. It's okay. Yeah. And the last 30 minutes is just a sabotage unto itself. And that's how I feel. And right. I will just continue to feel that way in my own little corner of the internet speaking to nobody. You're speaking to a lot of people, <laughs> though. Yeah, but nobody's listening. <laughs> I'm like the raving lunatic on the sidewalk with the Bible preaching about the Word of God, and people just no laugh.
1: No, you didn't. You didn't sound like that at all today. <laughs> number two for both of us here is probably like if we ranked like technical achievement. Mendes should not be number two. I just think overall he's number two, and I, I do have Tarantino at number one, like you.
0: I know I said it in my. Lunatic yelling, but I do firmly believe if you swap these two, I know what I'm getting from Tarantino. I don't know what I'm getting from Mendes. I don't know if he can pull off what Tarantino did. So I just think and on degree of difficulty, I, I'd go to Tarantino.
1: To me, I think Bong Joon-ho, Mendes, and Tarantino should win mm-hmm. awards Oscar night because they're on the level. I think they're all on the level. I agree, well, what,
0: but what do you get? I mean, you, then you got to give Hollywood Best Picture, don't you? If Parasite's, I would, if it's
1: my ballot, I'm giving. I, I'm Hollywood trying to Best speak. Ob-
0: yeah, I'm trying to speak objectively, but just from a puzzle standpoint, if Mendes is going to win director, yeah. and Parasite is going to win international feature and one other,
1: yeah,
0: don't you? If you're going to give Tarantino something. Especially if you don't give them original screenplay, which I think they will, but I think they want everyone to walk away with at least two Oscars of those movies. I agree with you. I mean, look, you
1: can you could shake it out a couple different ways. You could give uh, Bong Joon Ho Best Picture, Mendy's Director, Tarantino Screenplay. I, I could get behind that as well, just in terms of my right, personal right, right, ranking, because right. those are like both top five. You know, all three of those are top five movies right. of the year for me. So I get that. I, I don't necessarily get the way it's, you know, repping out right now where you're going to have Mendes win, winning the top two and then Tarantino and Bong Joon-ho are going to be fighting. I for don't the think
0: I don't think 1917 is going to win this picture. I I, 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 a, I I don't know why I feel that way. The BAFTA's resume is really bugging me and gnawing at me. I mean, I'm taking my bias out of it. Of course, I don't want it to, but I, I just there's something about that movie that's gnawing at me. So it if then for director at least doesn't
1: matter, but an if then for picture for the Baftas matters. So we got a we got a big week in terms of coverage yeah. with the Baftas coming up where we're going to we're going to realize something's going to have some more momentum going into the Oscars and it, and it, it it does matter be, in particular at the Baftas because there's a wide crossover. And it might tell us something about that big block of old school voters because 1917 is part of those voters and Hollywood's part of those voters. What I don't want here is that Hollywood loses and you still think it's just as strong. A I can do. I don't I see do. that. All right, all right. What I really don't want is a descent into madness f- from you. Um, <laughs> We're but what past just that happened line. 10 minutes ago. Because I don't want to be a podcast that screams like that ever. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, You're insane is what I'm trying to say.
0: And then you need help. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, to all those. I, I think, ironically, in some weird way, just about the BAFTAs, I think 1917 not winning a BAFTA hurts 1917 more than it hurts Hollywood or Parasite not winning because of the home game thing. I don't think either of those two should be expected to win the BAFTA, and they, if they do, it's going to be a major upset. So I think 1917 has to win the BAFTA to prove its worth, because if it can't win there, how can it be taken seriously as a best picture at the Academy? I don't know. we It seems like we've
1: said that before, and it didn't matter at the end of the day, but I don't remember. That's that's where I'm at right now. we yeah. got to end this episode. This episode's too long. <laughs>
0: Guys, we want to know your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. You can leave us all those. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And I promise most of those don't have me yelling. Some of them do, but most of those don't have me yelling like I did in this episode. And if you happen to have an iPhone or use Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind going on there, typing in our name, and leaving us a five star review. Just for entertainment's sake, that would really mean a lot to us. Michael, you kind of previewed it already, but what is coming next from MMO, and what are some words of wisdom to get out on? Well, we got more
1: category reviews. I don't know when we're getting to MMOW now. Yeah. I put out the booster, hoping that we were going to get to it at the I beginning of this week. To, yeah. I don't know when that's happening. Maybe we can squeeze one in. i got a lighter week this week, and I don't know. But... Uh, We we got more a couple more category reviews. A couple of those have uh, guests attached to them, so that's a lot of fun. And we got a big Oscar week planned. We got the Mike Mike and Oscars. We got a gambling show. We hope we have a guest. We have a a very special preview episode for the Oscars that we that we did last year that we're gonna do again this year. That we hope we think with a guest with another (laughs) you know marquee guest with our lord. (laughs) (laughs) So we're really excited about the Oscar week. So stay tuned. I don't know if we'll do every day like we did last year but we'll do four or five days yeah it's you're gonna, gonna get wait. plenty
0: of your fill if it's not every single day we'll have we'll make sure you have an episode to uh, get you there to the oscar sunday and, and plenty of them to feast on hopefully without me being a psychopath but i can't promise i anything. guess it's wise to get finally get to
1: those words yeah to what for you to watch the royal rumble and just whatever exercise whatever wrestling demons you need to get out later today I think at this point everyone
0: needs to pray. Once upon a time in Hollywood, doesn't win Best Picture. Because you're just getting... <laughs> it's just <laughs> 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 guys. When reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and these award shows with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar, trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See. You. Hey guys, Mike One here. Just wanted to. Um... End this episode and put a little something at the end by now. I'm sure everyone's heard and been distraught and just saddened over the news of Kobe Bryant and just the horrific circumstances under which he lost his life Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, uh, depending on your time zone. But I just wanted to... Mike and I both thought, thought it would be appropriate just to end this episode with me coming back on and saying a few words and just, you know, Kobe Bryant was such a big part of our lives, speaking as we Mike's, as I'm sure he was for you know many of you, if not all of you out there listening to this now. He was our generation's Michael Jordan. He was bigger than the sport, bigger than the game of basketball. He crushed it on the court, and when he decided it was time for him to have his playing days come to an end on the court, he immediately started doing big things off the court. And he was you know, an, an activist, and obviously had the, his daughters that he was raising in the game, and it took him only two years after his retirement until he won an Oscar for Deer Basketball, uh, which he did in 2017. Uh, it was a legend, uh, you know. There's not much we can add to the conversation outside of just sending our condolences and our prayers and well wishes, not only to the family, to the Bryant family, Vanessa Bryant, his wife, uh, his three remaining children, but my God, dealing with the the heartbreak of the loss of not only Kobe, but also Gigi from that helicopter crash, and the other family that apparently was there. As now we have more. Information that has come out to us that that apparently was uh, Kobe and his daughter going with a, another teammate of hers and another parent off to a, a game of their daughter's uh, for their daughter's team. Just heartbreaking, tragic stuff. A huge loss. Obviously, in the NBA community, a huge loss. In the Oscars community, huge loss. Just in the world, in the country, uh, Kobe was that big of a deal. Like like I said, on and off the court. So we just wanted to send our well wishes, give our respects to to the man, the athlete, the legend the producer and the father probably most importantly the father and the husband and the friend to so many out there uh and to all those who did unfortunately lose their lives lose their lives in that helicopter crash in calabasas uh on sunday so just wanted to say that you know you, you just never know so hug your loved ones thoughts and prayers to the bryant family thoughts and prayers to the other families involved and affected and uh that's it we will see you very soon